I have a lot of mentors and special people in my life. And when you ask that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is me being 14 years old and experiencing my first family death. And my dad um, said to me, remember what got you here? Look forward to where you'll go, but live for this moment. And the present is the best present. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love quotes, and so I love following you on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you're very sweet. Uh, the honor is all mine. For everyone listening and tuning in, I am here with Allison Schmidt. She is, I don't even know where to start with this, a four-time Olympian swimmer for Team USA. She has 10 medals, four of which are gold, three silver, three bronze. You set an Olympic world record for... Um, the 200-meter freestyle finals at the Olympic Games in London. Just wildly accomplished. And she is the prime age of 33. So uh, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That is, I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I just gave a little rundown, but I love hearing in people's own words. What do you introduce yourself as when you're at a party? People ask you what you do. What do you say? Oh, that's a good question because it depends on my mood. I mean, <laughs> there's definitely times that I have said I'm a plumber and have had a, got lots of questions about it. And I'm like, I really know nothing about this profession. And I have a lot of respect for the, that profession, but I don't know much about it. Um, but I was, I have definitely gone that route to the extreme of my Uber driver took me the long way around in Australia to make sure I could see the sewer systems. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Is there a reason you say you're a plumber? Um, no, I just, I feel like that's not really a career that you see a lot of females in. And if I'm like dressed up uh, and coming from a talk, um, because I do do some motivational speaking, especially on mental health, um, they'll be like, what are you doing? And the stories just be creative, you know? <laughs> I love it. It's the shock factor. Well, yeah. I'm sure you'd be a great plumber if that's what you decided. If you decided on a career shift at any point. <laughs> the real story would I, um, I, I'm a professional swimmer who is very passionate about mental health, and I just completed my master's in social work. So I want to go so into a career of helping athletes. Uh, well, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like right now, but I really am interested in the grieving aspect of it, especially coming back from injury or going um, into retirement. I love that. Well, that's a perfect segue. I definitely wanted to talk about that. I've been so inspired by the work you've done in the mental health sphere. And I would think everyone would love just a little bit of background of how you got to your career in swimming and then kind of your journey with mental health as you got more into professional swimming. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's a funny story. Um, I, we were speaking about this a little bit before um, we started, but it, swimming is the only sport that is a life skill. And my parents put all five of us kids in some lessons so that we just knew how to survive in the water. We went to the Otter Banks every year since I've been born, um, still continue that tradition today at 33. And I'm so grateful that 
we are all water safe and I preach for that water safety in everyone. Um, but I kind of fell into the sport of swimming at age 10. I was uh, nine, almost 10 years old. I was the kid that went to everything. Uh, being a middle child, I went to every sport possible. And my parents said that as long as we um, got good grades, went to church, and did an instrument, which we all did piano, we could pick any sport we wanted uh, and do as many sports as we wanted uh, that we had time for. So my older sister, who's three years older than me, too, um, she did not like ball sports, and so she swam. And I, of course, was the kid that went to everything and said, well, I'm going to swim too. And I actually, I hated swim team. I would go three times a week. Soccer was my number one sport. Mia Hamm was my idol. I had everything Mia Hamm from Barbie dolls to her signed soccer ball for everything was Mia Hamm. And no one could touch anything of my Mia Hamm stuff. Um, <laughs> so I'd split my time between soccer and swimming. And I didn't make the soccer team, the travel team I want to make at 12 years old, which allowed me to decide that I was going to stop soccer and just focus fully on swimming. And that's when I decided that I was going to focus on swimming and ended up falling in love with the sport. And here we are at 33 years old, still in the sport. <laughs> that worked out well for you, not making the soccer team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually saw the soccer coach that um, had cut me from the team, and he was my sister's soccer coach a few years later, uh, my little sister's soccer coach a few years later. But I saw him in the oh grocery gosh. store maybe five years ago, and he and he I, I went up to him, and I was like, hey, Rodrigo, thanks for cutting me from the soccer team. <laughs> that is a beautiful lesson in itself. When one door closes, another one opens. Allison is living proof. So how has your journey been then? On the USA team, on the Olympic team, what has that been like for you? Like any journey, there's ups and downs to all of it, no matter what, where you are in life, what your career is, what your profession is. There's ups and downs, and we all experience it. It's funny being an athlete because they show the highlights on the TV, especially during the Olympics, without the true background of what got you there and the hard work, the early mornings, the tears, the late nights, all of that is definitely rolled into one. And standing on top of that podium, it's, I mean, I, I'm going to like have tears right now thinking about it because there's nothing that you can compare it to. And it's not just you standing on that podium, but it's looking forward, seeing the flag, hearing the national anthem, Think about your country, everyone that's back home cheering for you. Looking to, I remember looking to my right side, seeing my whole family cheering for me. I'm looking to my left side and seeing all my teammates cheering for me. And that, to me, describes how you need a whole team and a whole support system to get through this life. And even when you get to those goals, it's not just you accomplishing that, but the sacrifices from yourself and your whole support team that got you there. I love that. That in itself could be your best advice, but it moves me to my next question, which is, so throughout this entire career you've had, you've had coaches and mentors, and like you said, an entire village of people helping you along. 
from everything that those people have said, what do you think you would say is the best advice that you've ever gotten? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Like you said, I have a lot of mentors and special people in my life. And when you say, ask that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is me being 14 years old and experiencing my first family death. And my dad um, saying, and I'm going to cry again. That's <laughs> okay. Crying is one. good. <laughs> I know, releasing all those, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good for you. <laughs> um, but um, I remember I, I'm a very emotional and sensitive person, which I used to be embarrassed about, but now I see it as a superpower. <laughs> um, I'm with you there. I, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yep, yes, I not used alone. to hate crying. <laughs> Um, now I cry at everything, but and I am okay with it. <laughs> um, but my dad said to me, um, remember what got you here, look forward to where you'll go, but live for this moment, and the present is the best present. And I don't think I understood it at all when he said it, but it made me understand that live for this moment and understand that these are memories you're creating and be present in this moment and don't think about everything you had or everything that you will have, but live for this moment because you'll never get this moment back. And that kind of that really resonated with me as a kid and still as an adult, um, which I guess kind of like, I hope, hope this is okay, but I have another huge piece of advice that oh, that quote Share all of it. <laughs> yes, we want to hear it all. But now as an adult, it's listening to my heart. And like I said, being okay with those tears and understanding that you are going to have those highs in life and those lows in life and celebrate those highs and live for those live in those lows because they'll teach you something you'll learn some lesson from them but only give yourself 5 minutes in the pity party of the lows and 5 minutes in the huge celebrations and then ground yourself again and be in that present moment and live for what that present moment is I love that. That's beautiful. I so you talked about being a sensitive person. I I too am highly sensitive and I feel like that would have been luckily the universe did not make me good at any sport. So, I never had to deal with that. But you are in a high stress, high pressure environment. Has that been really difficult for you being such a sensitive person and having to deal with like you said extreme highs, extreme lows and extreme pressure? Yes and no. I live for that adrenaline. I live for those highs, uh, which really helps you. And I really live for my teammates because even in those times that you have a low race or you don't get your best time or you're not having a great meet, you have trained with these teammates and understood the work that they put in. And if in your, I feel like in those moments, I'm more excited for their successes and for cheering them on that I am for my own races. <laughs> and so, beautiful. like I said earlier, I think that being sensitive and highly in tune to myself is now a superpower. And I'm very grateful for it. Um, and I've definitely felt those highs and I've definitely felt those lows. But I would not change my life journey and be any other thing than an athlete. I love it. I love that. Do you, 
I always wonder, okay, so we love quotes over here. We love sayings. Do you have quotes or sayings that you repeat to yourself before big races, before a big Olympic game? So, again, as a little kid, I loved the quote, don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Did you get that from a Cinderella story? Yes! (laughs) I agree. That has stuck with me. Thank you, Hilary Duff. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Lizzie McGuire was lying. (laughs) Yes, it was. I feel that very deeply. Yes, It's such a good one now. And I didn't even realize it. When it peels off the wall and And it it reveals the quote. Oh, iconic. Oh, my gosh. It gets me every single time. Every time. Have you ever seen uh, Ted Lasso? Yes, of course. So another quote that really sticks in my mind now is be curious and not judgmental. Yeah, such and a I, good one. Well, I heard that last week because I'm rewatching Ted Lasso and I was it's like, so good. This is going to be my background on my phone because I'm this is life. This is exactly yeah. what I want to be at, like in life. And this is how I think everyone should be. Stop being yeah. judgmental and be curious on someone else's story. <laughs> yeah, no, I love both of those. Well, you so with the Hillary Duff quote, how has that one st- stood out to you? That's like very apropos, I feel like, to what you do as a career. <laughs> yeah, I actually. OK, so I as a kid, I would always research quotes and I think it's a Babe Ruth quote. Is it a Babe Ruth quote? I I believe it. And yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. So no one's going to fact check you. <laughs> <laughs> um, But. To me, that was just do your best in that day. Do your best in that moment. Whatever happens, happens. But if you don't do anything, then you're really going to strike out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what that means to me. Yeah. I mean, I think the fear of failure keeps a lot of people back. And I think a lot of people who maybe could get themselves one day to the Olympics never will because like you said there's so many lows that you have to fight through have there been like specific instances in your career thus far that have been so low where you were like I'm gonna quit like I'm not doing this anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that is uh, I can't help but laugh because I feel like that happened so very often uh, especially my professional career um it's hard. It's hard to think about all the sacrifices you made. You make. Um, I was at a swim meet for my high school prom. I was at a camp for my high school graduation. The, um, there was a lot of different aspects, especially now looking at social media and seeing what everyone else your age is doing and what you're doing is different. Yeah. And to really like comprehend that and understand that yeah, I guess compare yourself and say, I'm not doing that. That looks so cool. That looks so fun. But not being able to realize that everyone is looking at your life like, wow, that's so cool. I've never even in- could imagine what that life was like. Um, so there is definitely a lot of during my 20s that I looked at social media and was like, I could be doing this. I could be on vacation instead of swim camp. I could be Instead doing of this. Not. Winning gold medals. <laughs> no, but it's funny. It's all relative. Like you, mm-hmm. uh, the grass always looks greener. Yes. Yes. 
And yeah. yeah, so I definitely had to use my support system a lot. I mean, and even like I said, those times when you're pushing, I mean, it's a 40, it's uh, not just a 40 hour job, um, 40 hour work week. It is a 24 seven job and having to go to bed on time, eat the right stuff, uh, recover, go to practice and give it your best every single time. It can get really grueling and yeah like we've talked about this whole time I've had a lean on my support system many 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 times throughout my career and they have helped inspire me and continue to push me and help me dust off the fog in my eyes um to yeah. see my clear my goals clear, more clear yeah that's a I don't think that could ever be underestimated was there was there a time was there a specific race or a specific maybe olympic game where you just remember struggling so much and i'm clearly you're here now you're doing great you clearly pulled yourself out of that and how did you do that oh gosh i could go on and on i'm trying to think of one specifically i guess the first thing that comes to my mind of a, of Olympics and a struggle is the 400 freestyle in 2012. And the re I got silver, I got a best time, I got an American record, everything seemed great. Um, but why that comes to my mind is because I remember thinking at the 325, so I had a lap and a half left of the race. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like, what am I doing? And all I could think about at that moment was, so my, um, this was in 2012, um, so August, July, August of 2012. My um, aunt had passed away a month before. And the last thing she had said to me was how she was going to pull me. She would be watching me at the Olympics. She knew she wasn't going to make it. She would be watching me at the Olympics from above. Oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> oh, gosh, you're going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember it was a split second of thinking, oh, my God, this is such a painful race, to thinking, oh, I only have a 75 left, and Aunt Caroline can help pull me through this. And I specifically mm. remember thinking that, and it was a split second to be able to change that mindset from thinking, I'm dying, my body hurts, this sucks, to being like, this is amazing. I'm almost done with this. I'm racing for a gold medal here and we're more than 25 more than 75 percent done with this race <laughs> that's amazing that kind of mental toughness as my husband would call it mental toughness <laughs> is though i think a very key attribute to a lot of athletes like you who achieve such amazing things because when it does get hard like that where most people would give up you find those ways to keep going and that's incredible. That's inspiring in so many ways. Thank you. I definitely think it's adaptability and yeah, I learn a lot, especially with swimming. And it's so much easier with flying now because if there's a delay, it's like, okay, cool. There's a delay. Three hour delay. Cool. Let me go figure out something. Yeah. <laughs> it has helped a lot with uh, adapting and shifting your mindset. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. 
One, so you're talking about your village. One of those people, I know Michael Phelps is someone that you've trained a lot with. He clearly has achieved a lot as an athlete as well, has had a lot of experience. Has he ever shared a piece of advice with you that has stuck really hard? Gosh, oh, I mean, he's like a brother to me, and he has been there for basically my whole entire career. Um, or he has been there for my whole career. Ever since I was in high school, in Michigan, and we started training together, and he took me under his wing, and here we are, um, still going at it today. Um, I mean, he's family to me, and his family, um, I mean, means the world to me. Um, we're just one big non, non-blood-related family, I guess. <laughs> the best kind of family. <laughs> yes. But I think the biggest attribute and the coolest part about the friendship is he's always there, but never pushing anything on me. And that takes me back to 2015. He had gone through legal trouble, had gone through his um, own mental health. Uh, I guess this was 2014. I think 2014. Um, gone through his own mental health struggles. And he noticed that I was struggling. And instead of pushing me um, to answer any of these questions, instead of nagging me, he just told me he was there for me. And I remember him so calmly saying to me at one point, hey, Schmitty, what's going on? Is there something I can help with? Or is there somewhere that I is? can I get you help? And that was the first time I admitted that I needed help. And I broke down at that moment. It was like, yeah, I do need help. I don't know what that looks like, but yes, I do need help. And that compassion and authenticity really stuck out to me like, holy crap, I'm not going through this alone. Other people are noticing this. He just went through his struggles and has made it through. And so I can do this too. That's beautiful. Could you tell us a little, if you feel comfortable, could you talk a little bit more about your journey with mental health and the resources that have helped you? I actually, I mean, I'm smiling uh, hearing that question. Um, I've, there's definitely ups and downs and I'm currently in therapy and I actually love my therapist. I do equine therapy right now and we have explored so much and I am I have not finished a book the body keeps a score but I started reading it because recently in one of my sessions I was talking about things that had happened previously in sport and um, when I was driving home I had rashes on parts of my body and I was like, hmm, like uh, maybe I'm allergic to something. It kind of looks like hives. Like, oh, let me check it out. And it looked like hives, but it wasn't raised. And so I took a picture and I sent it to my therapist. And she said, like, you went through a lot today. Like, that could be a release from what you're going through. And I had never experienced that. I've been in therapy for the past eight years, and I've never experienced it. That never really believed that. But to see it was life-changing. And I am even more of an advocate to continue going to therapy. Um, 
And I had to make myself a promise in this with this therapist that I'm going to continue going even when I feel great because I know I always get to the same spot and then it down spirals again. I think that I'm okay and it down spirals. And so I stand by having a therapist, even in the great times, has helped me tremendously. And I, I mean, I'm smiling because I, I can't even get the words out of how much of a tool it, it has been for me. And to continue with this tool to, I guess, sharpen my toolbox. Yeah, I think that is a great point to a great piece of advice for people dealing with mental health is that if you find something that works, stick with it. And I feel like a lot of people get to the point where like, well, I feel okay right now. So I'm just going to stop with therapy. I'm going to stop with my mindfulness, meditation, and then it spirals again. So it's being consistent throughout your life because just because you're at a high doesn't mean you're not going to get to a low sometime. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And being female, hormones play a huge role in that part. And Absolutely. So understanding that and understanding hormones here can be feel great for a week and then the next week you're just in the dumps. And so oh, understanding yeah. that is a huge part of healing as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also think people would love to know this. Don't want to take up too much of your time. So this can be our last question. But what advice do you have to people out there who feel like I mean, you've won gold medals. You have achieved things that most people can't even dream of. But everyone has a dream. And a lot of people think that their dreams are just too big. Like they just, there's no way that they could make it there. And I'm sure you felt like that a lot of times throughout your journey. What advice do you have to those people that would help them be inspired to keep going? Find your passion and keep going through that. Keep going towards that. So find that passion, keep going towards that, and you will be successful. Yes, there will be a lot of roadblocks. Yes, there will be obstacles. But if that is your true passion, listen to your heart, and you will be successful. Beautifully said. Eloquent. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm kind of like impressed that I made that up on the spot. (laughs) I'm impressed, too. That that was good. That was very deep. I mean, I... I think a, a book maybe should be in the works or something. I mean, maybe it already is. And that moves me to the final point is that where can we follow you? Where can we keep up with your work? Are are we expecting a 2024 Olympic situation? <laughs> I'm not expecting 2024, but I would love to be in 2024 uh, with athletes and helping them on the mental side. Um, so I would love to be in 2024, but not as an athlete. I mean, I wish I could be an athlete until I'm 150 (laughs) years old at the Olympics, but I don't think that uh, my body like that. (laughs) Yes. The body keeps score and sometimes the score is telling you to rest. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but all my social media pages are A-R-Schmitty. So A-R-S-C-H-M-I-T-T-Y. And that's all my social media pages. Awesome. Well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing all the good you do as a social worker. That's amazing. And in the mental health sphere. And just as a human, you're amazing. You've inspired so many people and you've inspired all of us here today. So thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much. And thank you for inspiring and being such a positive influence in this world. That's very nice. I appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening to The Shift. 